When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Today, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I answer three questions. The first, what position will we add at the trade deadline? The second, how many games can Case Keenum start for the Browns to still get where we expected them to get? And the third, what will the AFC North standings look like on December 1st? That's right in between that Browns-Ravens when they play two games in three weeks. All of that coming up on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber yet, why not? Go to cleveland.com slash browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, get that daily newsletter delivered straight to your inbox, get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and become one of our text subscribers. Again, cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. All right, here we go. Our Wednesday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Wednesday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast, and I came up with three questions. We're going to go over them here, and we're going to start with some trade deadline talk. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. We are about a week away from the trade deadline, November 2nd at 4 o'clock. So I thought I would throw out just in a vacuum, not worried about compensation, not worried about who it might displace on the roster, not worried about anything other than just adding a player at a particular position. So in that vacuum, what position would you add at the trade deadline if you could? So Scott or Mary Kay, I don't know if you guys each have a good one here or not. I don't know who wants to go first. I know what mine is. I'm curious what you guys are thinking. Scott, you can go. Oh, I can go. Um, <clears throat> all right. is, is there a position where you can guarantee me he will be healthy for the rest of the season? Because that's the one I would pick. Right off the top. Yeah, Let, let's just say that <laughs> this person is going to come in and be the picture of health. Yeah. Um, wow. I, come in right away and know how to do everything. Maybe you'd say quarterback, but we're not going to say that. Uh, <clears throat> it's hard because if this team has everybody healthy, I mean, it's like what we talked about before the season. Where are the, the glaring weaknesses here? Um, they they had a rookie linebacker who's come in and answered so many questions before he got hurt. You know, it's those, those real uh, trouble spots are not there. I might be tempted to say wide receiver just from a consistent production standpoint, Um, you know, keeping guys healthy on the field, even for an entire game, you know, you've got guys in and out guys who are still working their way back guys who get hurt in pregame warmups. Um, I'd probably go after a receiver, somebody who you know could come in and just be reliable, as reliable as Jarvis Landry was before he got hurt. So I I was going to say receiver, and I thought that might be like a hot take. I I wasn't sure how that would be, how how you guys know pun intended. I wasn't sure how that would be received. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking like bring in somebody that can maybe open up your offense a little bit, be a reliable target, somebody who's kind of done it before you know, maybe stretches the field a little more than Jarvis does, but has some of those traits, like you mentioned, Scott of Jarvis. I mean, I had wide receiver 
as, as mine too, because I, we talk so much about the explosiveness in this offense and it comes from the running game, which is great, but you'd like to see a little more explosiveness in the passing game too. Some of that has to do with your quarterback being hurt and now your quarterback being Case Keenum, but man, there's gotta be some way to kind of open this offense up a little bit and, and find some explosive passing plays. Yeah, I think this is a good one. I This is a very intriguing one. I, I like this because everything that you guys said is exactly right. We expected so much more production out of the receiving core by now, right? I mean, even when you just look back to this past game, Donovan Peoples-Jones disappears. You know, he's coming off a 100-yard game, a two-TD game, and you would have thought, you know, national stage, uh, an opportunity for him to really step it up when the other two guys are coming off of injuries. And lo and behold, he ends up uh, suffering a groin injury in pregame warmups. And, you know, those can be, uh, you know, those can linger a little bit. So who knows if he's even going to play. Odell, for whatever reason, has not been himself. And now we know that uh, he's suffering from a pretty significant right shoulder injury. This is the right shoulder that's bothering him more than the left. The left is the one in which he has the torn labrum, and that one is the one that pops out. But the right is the one where he has the AC, uh, grade three AC sprain, and that's where your collarbone is not held down. And you've got like a little weird bump in there because uh, the collarbone's kind of popping up in there. And that's very, very painful. I think he'll be better this week, but, you know, he might not be himself for the rest of the season. Uh, So, yeah, I I think that this is actually a really good one. I can see it. I don't know, you know, who would be out there, but but it's definitely one that you would want to look at. And, And another thing is, you know, Anthony Schwartz really wasn't able to be what they wanted him to be this year because he suffered a hamstring injury in camp and he just wasn't able to hit the ground running the way that they hoped he would so lots of little issues going on on the receiving core and this would not be the worst place to add somebody and and on top of that you know people's jones had that great camp and then was just kind of in the background for the first half of uh you know the season so far and before you know the last couple games he's really come on but before that it was every week it was when you get in the ball to dpj you know and it was the same thing with beckham it's well the flow of the game and 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 that but uh Again, consistency, having that guy that you know is going to go out there and, and, and make big plays for you. They just they don't have that right now. So, so Mary Kay, were you thinking receiver too, or did you have a different position? No, I had a different position, actually. And okay. I just kind of went with, um, with what came to mind first. I just went with the first thing that came to my mind, and it was linebacker. And the reason why I say linebacker is because, you know, they were so darn excited about what Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo was bringing to the table to them uh, this season. And and now he's out with a high ankle sprain, and that could be, as we know, up to a four- to six-week injury. And by the time he gets back, uh, he is going to be significantly set back. For a rookie, I think that's an enormous setback. So I think they could use somebody between now and then to fill in there and to try to make a little bit of an impact uh, maybe, you know, somebody a little younger like he is, uh, you know, somebody that can, that, you know, that's got some speed, that's got some versatility, not a lot of JOKs running around out there. I mean, the, the best thing that, that would happen for them is if Tony Fields, who's sort of like almost like a poor man's JOK, could kind of get up and running a little bit more, but he's had his own little health issues. Um, but linebacker, I don't know. That's the first thing that came to my mind, because I think there's just a big hole there right now without JOK. 
Yeah, that's an interesting one, uh, especially because with that high ankle sprain too, even when he comes back, how is that going to linger? Is, is he going to be the same guy? Is, you know, you, you worry about that. And he did unlock a lot in this defense, just having a guy that could, was just super fast, could do a lot of things. I don't know where you find that guy in, in the trade market, but yeah, I, th- I think that's the case for linebacker is, you know, when do you get JOK back and what are you going to get from JOK when he does come back and he's healthy? Corner? Corner should probably be on the list too with, I mean, we keep having Denzel Ward having injury issues. You know, he might miss a little time here. Um, you know, Greedy has stepped up really nicely, but I mean, they were down to AJ Green and, you know, in the Chargers game, maybe adding a little depth of corner just out of that old philosophy of you can never have enough corners. <laughs> maybe that's an area, but, but that would be more of a depth add than a, you know, I don't want to say team changing, but something that would significantly sort of push this team forward to, to the next level, like maybe a receiver would. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, Denzel, is this his three or four week injury that he has every year, or is this going to be like half of it? And then there's going to be another one. I mean, they, that's kind of baked into the plan with him is that, you know, he's going to miss some games with that. And then Greg Newsom came to the Browns with a little bit of an injury history as well. Uh, so you almost kind of have to wonder, is he going to make it through the rest of the season healthy? He's already had uh, a little bit of that issue. So, and then MJ Stewart is on IR right now. So you can never have enough good corners, especially in this defense where they play a lot of sub defense, a lot of dime. Uh, and, and you have your, you know, your little injury history that's going on right now. So if they can find a corner out there, that would not be a bad move. Yeah. I thought about corner, but then, you know, the way Greedy's played, I thought uh, maybe shut that down. Uh, but you're right. You have, and you're dipping into your depth behind him. So there's, there's always going to be an, an issue at some point. The linebackers, by the way, probably had their best game of the year against the Broncos, um, especially from a coverage standpoint. Uh, I mean, even Walker, talkie talkie. Um, he just, he doesn't get a lot of coverage snaps, but he seems to do well now in that last season. He, he did better than expected uh, in coverage, which is not a situation the Browns want to put him in a lot. So going back to the whole, you know, linebacker by committee approach worked against the Broncos, but we saw last year that that, it's kind of hit and miss uh, by week and, and going that way. And you're going to get caught sooner or later having the wrong guys in the wrong spots or, or one guy isn't going to have the game that, that, that you want out of him. And yeah, JOK just solved so many of those problems. I, I was about to say having Malcolm Smith back probably helped a little bit too, but I just looked it up. He had the second worst coverage grade on yeah. the team, So <laughs> maybe, maybe not quite, uh, maybe not quite the impact I thought he would have uh, in the coverage game on that one. Okay, uh, next question here. This one has to do with the Baker Mayfield situation in Case Keenum. So let's just start here. Let's try and revisit some of those preseason predictions that each of us had. So I said the Browns would go to the Super Bowl and play the Rams. (laughs) Mary Kay, what did you say? Well, first of all, Dan, it's still out there. Don't laugh at your prediction. It could still happen. Everything is still available for the Cleveland Browns right now. They don't have to be hitting their stride or playing their absolute best football really until December. That's when they want to be peaking and that can still happen. So I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh too hard at that. Uh, It doesn't look great right now, but you absolutely never know. Uh, Miles Garrett is still on your side. He said, you know, 14 and three is still out there. See? Yeah. Me and Miles. There you go. 
Um, so I, I went with 12 and five when I looked over the, the record. Uh, I guess I was just anticipating everybody being healthy and the defense really kind of coming together around midseason. And I thought that 12 and five was pretty realistic. Uh, now, obviously, it, it probably isn't going to end up quite that way. Uh, but like I said, I, I still think that there's a lot of hope and that the future is bright. The monkey wrench in all of this is um, that those Cincinnati Bengals have taken the AFC North by storm, actually the AFC by storm. And now there's a new kid on the block and, you know, what we may have thought were, you know, like maybe they split that. I mean, now you're looking at, it's going to be hard to beat them twice, really, really hard uh, to beat them twice, let alone, you know, once. So, um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I would revise, I would revise my, uh, my record now. It's, it wouldn't be 12 and five anymore. How, how far did you have them going? I had them making it to the AFC championship game. Okay. And Scott, what did you have? I had the Browns going 10 and seven and making the playoffs because I expected some regression this year. And I did factor in injuries because you can't, nobody, you have to think about injuries when you make a prediction because the only teams that don't are like last year's Buccaneers and, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So uh, yeah, I, I, I knew that they, had a lot of injuries in the secondary. I think the Browns led the league in like games lost in the secondary last year. Um, but it just, I wasn't going to predict them going, you know, injury free. They're, they're going to get hit at some point. So I'm still happy with my, my prediction 10 and seven uh, and making the playoffs that the best record in the AFC right now is five and two. Uh, so a 10 and seven playoff team seems like a better possibility every week. All right. So the reason we bring these up is because obviously it, it appears like we're barreling towards Case Keenum making his second start. Uh, you know, we'll get some more clarity on that when the Browns take the field on Wednesday and, and go through the practice week. But uh, Case Keenum barreling towards that second start. Mary Kay is about to perform surgery on Baker Mayfield's shoulder <laughs> when he makes that decision. She's about qualified to do that at this point. So my question is for the Browns to, you know, like Mary Kay said, look, I'll, you know, my prediction is still alive. All of our predictions are still alive for the Browns to reach where you thought they could reach this season. How many games can they get away with case Keenum starting? All of them. <laughs> I mean, again, I, 10 and seven, uh, if they, you know, you're beating teams like the Patriots, Lions, uh, Steelers twice. And then it's, you got to win two games out of games against the Bengals, Ravens, Raiders, Packers. You got to win two of those. And those are what, one, two, three, four, six games total. You got to go two and four in those six games. I think that's doable. Um, so, yeah, I'm still feeling pretty good about my prediction, whether or not it's Keenum or Baker. So let me first commend Scott for cooler heads prevailing uh, when we were <laughs> when we were making our predictions. And I know you put a lot of thought into it, Scott, and uh, you added in a healthy dose of analytics, which of course you always do because you are basically our analytics specialist. And uh, you know just the whole regression thing, and and you put a lot of uh, thought into it. And we were like, no, they're they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, right? We got maybe. <laughs> Caught up in all the hype. I, no, I didn't but, say uh, win. I didn't say win the Super Bowl. Oh, fair, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go to the Super Bowl. Um, 
And once again, they still might. I mean, look, look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs. The Chiefs are eminently beatable right now. Uh, so absolutely anything can happen. Uh, you know, like Scott said, they could still, they could go 10 and seven. So he could still be right. And Dan, <laughs> you could still be right. So it's all still out there. But, um, but yeah, I would say for some reason, the number four comes to my mind for, for games that you would, you know, that you would be cool uh, handing over to Case Keenum for the rest of the season, four games, and then Baker, uh, you know, like the other six. So um, I don't know, that sort of feels right to me. So I think, and, and I had 12 and five as my record. So they would have to go, what, eight and eight and two at this point. Is that right? Do I do that math right? Um, mm -hmm. But I think for them to, you know, record aside, for them to get into the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, I think Baker would have to be back by the first Baltimore game. So that would put it at one, two, three, four, five starts for Keenum. I feel comfortable with him starting against Pittsburgh. I don't know how this Cincinnati game is going to go. We're going to get into this here in, in our next topic a little bit. Um, you know, I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with him starting any of these games over the next month, but I think you want to have Baker back for that, that Baltimore series. And because that's really when the race gets going, you've got some tougher games then. you've got the Raiders, you've got the Packers, uh, you've got the finale against the Bengals. So get Baker back, get him on the field, get him that bye week. That, that's kind of, if, if Case is still starting after that bye week, I'd be a little bit uncomfortable about how deep this team can go in the playoffs. Because I, I was just curious, and like I went back and looked at that Minnesota team in 2017 when, when Case, and, and again, Case was very good for that team. I don't want to take that away from him. They also had the best defense in football or one of the best defenses in football. Mm -hmm. The Browns don't have that. And so you, you've really got to be able to prop him up and support him long-term. And so I, I don't think you're going deep in the postseason if, if Case is your starter. Um, but I think you can get through the next month here if he's your starting quarterback. Well, I have um, Baker Mayfield's arm pretty much amputated <laughs> already by now, um, but I don't think he necessarily really needs uh, the left arm. So if they do have to cut it off, uh, I, you know, I think he'd be okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I actually have been writing, as you guys know, that, um, you know, that I, that if, if it were up to me, I would actually, you know, seriously consider him uh, have that tough conversation about, you know, should I just shut it down now? But that is not in the thinking. That is not in the mental paradigm of anybody in the organization or in, in Baker's camp. That is not what he wants. That is not what they want. Uh, so much so that there is, he has a real shot of playing against the Steelers on Sunday. He has a shot of doing that, believe it or not. I mean, it seems far-fetched. He did not practice on Monday um, and he's got the fracture in the shoulder and it's still, I'm sure, very painful. But, um, but he wants to play. He wants to play on Sunday. And I think that they're at least going to give him uh, every opportunity to see if he can pull that off. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, ideally in a perfect world, you would want Baker 
Baker Mayfield out there starting at quarterback for you because of the deep ball, which is so important, and because of some of the dynamic playmaking ability, the shiftiness, the elusiveness, and some of those things, the vision. Uh, but he ha we haven't seen that this year, right? That's where it comes in where you have to think about is a 70% healthy Baker Mayfield that much better than a 100% healthy Case Keenum? Because, yeah, Case does not have the arm that Baker Mayfield has. But Baker Mayfield hasn't been able to hit the pass over 20 yards this season. He's 9 of 27 in that category for 33.3%, and that's 31st in the NFL. Now, do I think that's going to change? I think it has the potential to change. I think they can flip that script uh, because I, I, I keep thinking that he is going to get better with Odell. Jarvis is back. Donovan Peoples-Jones is making some big plays. You know, I think that is going to get better in the second half. Um, but I still think that, um, you know, that you just don't have the Baker that you're used to seeing. So therefore, I think you can get away with a good four-ish games with Case. And it would be nice for the Browns if they could get Baker back, as you mentioned, somewhere around those Baltimore games, let him finish it out and take him home into the playoffs. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think we're, you know, we've talked so much about Case Keenum over the last two years. I think we're seeing the value in, in having him as your backup quarterback because, you know, we've, we're seeing Geno Smith start games. We're, we're seeing, um, I mean, the Jets just had to trade for Joe Flacco, you know, just, just obviously they're in a different situation than the Browns, but, you know, I think we're seeing the value and kind of seeing that payoff of all that time we've spent talking about Case Keenum and, and his value to this team. Like, again, even though I, you know, if, if the Super Bowl is the goal, I don't think he's the guy that gets you there. It sure is nice to have him, especially if it's only going to be for like a month or six weeks or whatever, whatever, maybe less than that, whatever it is. It sure is nice to have that guy that you just kind of know he's going to go out there. He's going to be a pro. He's going to run your offense and you're going to have a chance to win these games. And I think if he has to start against the Steelers on Sunday, uh, I think he's going to be so much better off for having taken some first team reps. I mean, he got thrown into that game without taking any first team reps. They had one practice, one full practice on the Tuesday before the Thursday night game. And Baker was still trying to play. So he took those first team reps. I mean, that's kind of tough. I mean, and that's why you have a case game because he's so experienced and he knows the offense so well that you can throw him out there without getting any first team reps. But if he has some and you game plan for him specifically, and you're practicing that all week long, uh, which is why I sort of was advocating, like, let's just, move on to that and get him ready to play this game. Uh, you know, I think he'll do better than he did previously. Yeah. Just, I mean, just to revisit those 2017 numbers, you know, 3,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, seven picks, 67%. He's probably not going to duplicate that, but this is a guy that can probably complete 63 to 65% of his passes and move your football team. So that, you know, that's what you're going to need right now with, with Baker out. Last one here. And we're going to do a little more predicting, which I know is Scott's favorite thing. <laughs> but <laughs> looking ahead to December 1st, which is um, right about when the Browns will be on their bye, and it'll be in between the Baltimore games. The team in first place in the AFC North on December 1st will be blank. So there's a little schedule game here. There's a little uh, predicting here week to week what's going to happen. So December 1st, and that'll actually be before 
So we're just basically saying after the Browns play the Ravens the first time. We're not counting that um, that game in between those two. So just after the Browns play the Ravens after that week, who will be in first place in the AFC North? Uh, I'll go. I I have the Ravens being in first place, maybe a nine and three. Um, sweep. They're four games after the bye, uh, followed by the Bengals. Uh, maybe they lose to the Raiders. That's on the road, right? They play yeah, the Raiders uh, on yeah, the road. Yeah, the Raiders game for the Bengals is on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then eight and three, and then the Browns maybe seven and five with wins against the Steelers, Patriots, and Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, that just seems realistic. I mean, not saying the Browns can't go into Cincinnati and win. Obviously, they can. They can beat the Ravens and the Bengals, I think, but uh, we don't know exactly how this team is going to look in those games. So as of right now, just judging on where this team is right now, seven and five at that point, I think you're still in line to get to the playoffs, to get 10 wins if you're seven and five at that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the good thing for them, again, is that no team has really taken off. You look at the NFC and you got six and one teams, a seven and zero team. You don't have that in the AFC. Uh, and the, all, the, all the five and two teams, you know, the Ravens and the Bengals are up there. They're going to play again. Um, the Titans and the – who else? Who else is five and two? Uh, I got the standings up here somewhere. Uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Tennessee are all five and two. Buffalo is four and two. <clears throat> uh, the Raiders is the other one. Oh, I yeah, and the there. Raiders. Um, yeah, as I scroll down, the Raiders are five. So, I mean – and, again, they, they're not in a very – no matter what the chiefs are doing right now, obviously they're the Raiders are not in any easy division either. So uh, yeah, I don't see any team running away with things or multiple teams running away and kind of stretching it out and making it more difficult to make the playoffs with 10 wins. So seven and five, I know Browns fans probably might not be happy with that at that point, but it's still, you're still in position. Mm-hmm. And if you have a yeah. Baker Mayfield, at quarterback who's still trying to work his way back, that's, you know, it's, it's as good as you're going to get. <laughs> Dan Dan came up with these questions today while he was uh, sitting at some kind of a situation, and I just <laughs> just waiting I'm, for something. I'm, and I'm, you don't have to tell us. I mean, you can if you want. I, I I was just sitting in in the waiting room at a at a doctor's office. My uh, getting my my unimpressive shoulder. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I I know a lot about the shoulder, Dan. I mean, is there if you could have just well, come to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you everything there is to know. I know what the humerus bone is. I know what the glenoid is. I know what the rotator cuff is. I know what the labrum is. I, I know how long everything takes to heal. So uh, after the podcast is over, you give me a call and I've got you. Um, but Did the doctor I, give you a brace? You... <laughs> Did he? No brace. No, no brace here. So <laughs> are you going to wait till after the season for the surgery, Dan? Uh, you know, we're, we're still determining our course of action. I, I would just, I would just tell you, Mary Kay, that we're going to listen to our medical staff. And we'll <laughs> that, that is going to All be right. the title of Kevin Stefanski's autobiography. I would just tell you, or I would just say, <laughs> he loves that phrase. <laughs> yes, he does. I would just, I would say, no, I always want to say, well, just say it then, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, so anyways, I was going to say that while Dan was waiting for his shoulder appointment, did you see Baker there, by the way? I did not. No, I don't <laughs> think Baker's driving down to Cuyahoga Falls to get a shoulder look at. But Odell? No, Odell? Okay. I, I will say, like, shout out to the sports medicine doctor. She's the best. So he should. Oh. He should make a trip down to, to Cuyahoga Falls. Awesome. Um, so anyways, Dan came up with some really, really cool questions for this pod, and I'm really enjoying uh, answering these and doing this pod. It worked out really well. You should go to the um, shoulder doctor every week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I like this one uh, because this is really tough. This is a really tough thing to answer because one of the things that you would have to know is how are the Baltimore Ravens going to lick their wounds and come back from this 41-17 shellacking? by the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, that was bad. It was really good coaching by the Bengals. Uh, they've got a good offense now. They've got a good defense. It was a really good defensive coaching. They made some amazing adjustments. I've been reading uh, a lot about what they did because I'm sort of fascinated by the whole thing. And uh, yeah, they got, they, they got some really, uh, they had some really cool things that they did there from a defensive standpoint that the Ravens were not anticipating. But what are the Ravens going to do? How are they going to respond? They have a buy that'll help because they need to forget about that game. They need to forget about it. Uh, and then they've got a few easier games coming up after that. So there is an opportunity for them to really right the ship and to get back on track. And as Scott said, end up at what nine and two, by the time that is said and done for this nine and two. Yeah. That's yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. For the purposes of this exercise. So if they just kind of get back to being the Ravens, they can get back to nine and two. You're talking about, uh, Minnesota at home. You're talking about at Miami, at Chicago, and then the Browns. Of course, that's going to be uh, you know the the one to circle in red and wonder about. So they could end up at nine and two if they get it together after that. Um, and then Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati at like eight and three after this. So I guess I would agree with you, Scott, that I would go Ravens first and then Cincinnati. And I kind of had the same thing. I had the Browns uh, beating Pittsburgh, losing in Cincinnati because I feel like Cincinnati is on this mission to say. Hey, we're here, everybody in the AFC North, and we're going to show you that we're here. And so at least in the first meeting with each one of their AFC North opponents, I feel like they're going to be just hair on fire over the moon. And I think that's going to be a tough game for the Cleveland Browns to win. So I think they're going to, uh, I think the Browns are, are going to lose to Cincinnati in that game. Then I think they can get back on track and beat uh, New England and Detroit, and then maybe struggle a little bit at Baltimore. So I also have them at seven, five. So I've got it. Ravens, Bengals, Browns at that point. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could make this more interesting and disagree, but, but I actually have the Ravens just because I think their schedule is easier. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, minute they've got the bye week and then they've got the Vikings. And how about this schedule for Minnesota? I was just curious. So Minnesota plays Dallas on Halloween. Then they play the Ravens the next week, the Chargers the week after that, and the Packers the week after that. So this is a brutal stretch for the Vikings and, and the Ravens are going to just be one of the teams that just piles on here. I, I think we're seeing the end of the road here for, for Minnesota who's, who's sitting at three and three. So, yeah, I, I, I think the Ravens have the easiest schedule kind of navigating this stretch. Obviously one of these teams uh, you know, the Browns, either the, the Browns or the Bengals are going to lose here in a couple weeks. Uh, the Bengals have to play the Raiders, which I think is a really tough game. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with the, I guess I'm going to go with the Ravens um, in first place, but 
Yeah, and I think the Browns and Bengals are going to end up tied somehow, like maybe a game behind them without okay. actually playing out those records. I think it's going to be the Ravens in first, and then the Browns and Bengals tied behind them. And like we've kind of been saying all along, that race for the AFC North title, it, it kind of starts with these back-to-back, not back-to-back for the Ravens, but back-to-back for the Browns. It starts with these, these two games in three weeks here. Mm-hmm. You could have a division where everybody has a winning record by the end of this. Uh, I think I read today that uh, the last time that happened was like 2004, whenever the Browns went seven and nine or nine and seven. Um, and maybe everybody would have at least seven wins. I think that was what it was whenever the Browns went mm-hmm. seven and nine. Um, but th- th- this is obviously the, look at the standings. It's the best, most competitive division in the AFC. Um, I mean, the chiefs are kind of holding back the West right now, but uh, it's totally conceivable. You could have three playoff teams out of the North. And I don't think that would be much of a shock if it's, you know, the Browns, Bengals and, and uh, Ravens at this point. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, just... that game... okay. go ahead. Mary. Go ahead I was going to say, I was going to say that um, these teams all either have the bears or lions still on their schedule too. Um, some of them yeah. have both. Yeah. Um, I, I, the one, the one game that I looked at and I really kind of wondered about that Cincinnati at the Raiders game is one that if they can go out there and beat the Raiders, uh, then, then they're the, going to be the ones that are in first place. I think that's sort of like the, the key game there. I've got them losing that game. I've got them, uh, beating the jets. I've got them beating the Browns Then I've got them losing to the Raiders and beating the Steelers. Um, so it's that Vegas game that I think is sort of throws the monkey wrench into, into the plans. All right, there we go. Our uh, Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast in the books. Uh, make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber so you can get our texts, get your daily newsletter delivered right to your inbox and access all those stories on cleveland.com slash browns. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Scott and Mary Cam, Dan, thanks for listening, everybody.